0: Are endless, And there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at PowderHook.com. That's PowderHook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. All right, here we go in Richmond. The action doesn't get much closer than a weekend at Richmond Raceway. Just 10 minutes from downtown, this track packs it in. NASCAR Weekend at Richmond Raceway, March 31st through April 2nd. Get your tickets now at richmondraceway.com.
1: River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified podcast with Spencer Bow and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests, where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water.
2: It just got to where you know what this isn't going to work anymore. Um, you know, because I wanted every kid that came to get something, yeah. right? whether they caught yeah. the a fish or not. And we had a lot of kids. Wait,
1: so was that the fishing derby you put that on? The, well, there the kids' was the, fishing derby. There was a
2: high V started doing it after
3: I did. Oh, so you're the OG. Well, I, I ain't gonna say that. They, they, I said it for you. You they, don't have to. You don't. don't uh, and even if the kids didn't get every kid didn't get something, they got something. Right. You know, they're gonna yeah. take that for years. Down well, the yeah. there, there
1: was an age limit, and I remember when I went to the high V one because you couldn't be over fourteen. You cheated, I, didn't you? you no, know, I was twenty-one. I was, <laughs> Well, I mean, it got to the point where, you know, the, you know, there's actually people getting
2: in fist fights and stuff over that because if you, you, they had to catch a tag fish. Right. I didn't want that. I wanted every kid that came, got a rod and reel, got a... Uh, so it wasn't a competition. Right. Yeah. I, I wanted them to learn how to tie a polymer knot. I wanted them, you know, a uni knot. It you didn't know, turn into a youth wrestling tournament. Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> like, you know, the parents are out there at, a, at the hy V thing. You know, the, the parents are fishing. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Quit so, taking the fun out of it. But right uh, we well, we had to quit doing it because the dollar, the sponsorship dollars, just weren't there anymore. Sure, it's a. But we've had a good run. But the the TV thing, I moved over with respect to game, and um, I'm going to do probably another four or five years with them, and then I'll be done with TV because I'm going to be too old to do it. So, what's your role with them then? I'm a team member. I, I help them with uh, partnerships,
1: oh, but- and then I'm just part of the team. So you help with partnerships. You are on the show, and then is that pretty much it? Yeah, that's that's a pretty it's sweet gig. <laughs> took all the pressure off of me. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you but, earned that. But you know the
2: nice thing about that it was we went from reaching ninety thousand people a week on TV. Yeah. To over ten million people a year. Wow. You know, so that helps my radio shows. I still do my radio show down in St. Louis on Sunday nights. I've been on the air down there for twenty five years, and then I've been on the air here on Saturday mornings doing the outdoors dan shows for 20 years Mm -hmm. you know so uh with me starting that outdoor call radio app you know this was a way for me to get national have a national reach right you know yeah that's that was another motivator for starting that and honestly that's the way things are going i mean terrestrial radio is always going to have a place but i think your generation is migrating more to on-demand and podcasting and I mean I see dude
1: I got a new phone last week and I hopped in my truck and I forgot to hook it up yeah and it was the first time I've turned the radio the real radio on in that truck since I've (laughs) owned it yeah I mean my my audience has always been 35 64
2: year adults I mean we got a lot of ladies that listen listen because we're so family oriented but um it's just uh you know if you want to keep growing and and keep reaching outdoor folks you got to really diversified and I I really think this medium is the
3: way to do it yeah plus the nice thing is I own everything that is nice I don't have
2: to worry about slash a headache I I don't have to worry about management coming in or you know people not you can't do that now we can do whatever we want so nobody yells at you you just yell at
1: yourself I just yell at myself
3: (laughs) I knew better So,
1: I, I still make mistakes. I, I have to admit, I forgot to turn the the recording on until about three and a half minutes ago. So Oh, on the podcast? <laughs> on the <But>, oh, app? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh,
4: before well, you more. missed a heck of a conversation. We we got a lot of it. I'm on here with
1: Outdoors Dan Young and Ryan the Flathead Assassin. bingiest <laughs> nickname ever. It is. But uh, the name of your show that you had forever was Outdoor Traditions. Uh, the TV show was Outdoors Traditions TV. And then and the one you're currently a partner on is Respect the Game. Respect the Game TV. Yeah. On Outdoor Network. Uh, Sportsman's Channel and soon-to-be Pursuit, too. Okay. yeah.
2: So all yes. three. Yeah. Well, well, no, it'll be Sportsman's Channel and Pursuit. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Glad, glad we clarified on that. That's all right. But <laughs> Dan's like, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool, or it's not kind. It's kind of surreal, honestly, to have you sitting here because, like, I I grew up listening to your show oh, on Saturday mornings. <laughs> I know you love hearing that, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's yeah. it's just it's just. Kind of, I mean, I'd see it at sports shows and I'd be too nervous to come up and say hi, you know, like shit like that. I don't know why you'd be nervous. Well, it's just, you know, when you see somebody and you respect what they do and you you admire, respect more so admire what they do because it's like, man, I'd love to do something like that. I don't know how I'd ever do that. And now I'm sitting here t- chatting with you. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty
2: neat. Well, I'm just being an idiot on the radio for a couple hours a week. That's all. Yeah, man. kicking ass at that's it for, yeah. for
1: 25 years. Yeah, God's been good to me. So what? Like, if you had to say the number one thing to do this for the long term, what what would that be? Like, stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. I, I mean, I feel like that's good advice. Yeah. just in general, but like, you want to elaborate on that a little bit more, like how that plays out?
2: Well, I, you know, listen, I, I've always said that I'm an, I'm just an average person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm nobody, you know, I'm not a, uh, the thing that bothers me about it, the industry that the more than anything is, you know, you get people and then they get ego involved in it. And sure. I've always tried to take the approach that, um, I have guests on to be, let them be the professional, even though I've been hunting and fishing for 35, 40 years um, you know, I, I, I always want to make sure that people feel comfortable calling in, or engaging, or asking questions. Where you know, if someone is on, there saying you have to do this the way I'm telling you to do it. I've never done that. I that turned me off a long time ago when I used to listen it's to radio. It's kind of a slap in the face to yeah. the person you bring along to. Yeah. You. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. Well, well, my yeah. <laughs> exactly. The thing I love about radio is you get to talk with people you yeah. don't talk at them tv is totally different you're talking at a camera right you know that's radio, not talking about radio you actually get to have a relationship with your listeners which has always been the appeal for me you know mm-hmm. i i want to share things and i want to hear their stories you know when they call in or send me pictures mm-hmm. and when you asked me to come up and do the podcast, um, you know, I was I was uh, humbled by that. I, I'm i just a guy that's, uh, I, I fell in love with shooting a bow 35 years ago, and I, I knew for some reason I was supposed to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And I had so many people tell me back home, you're never going to be able to do anything make a living you're not good enough you don't Would have... you like to
3: drop any names no <laughs>
2: <laughs> years yeah. later, I, think of, I think a lot <laughs> of i think a lot of people hear that you know when they're yes. trying to
1: tra- when they're trying to chase their passion or their dreams well you hear it in a lot of different things i mean hell there's guys that i've ran across who have ego just because they caught a couple walleyes or catfish you know yeah. Yeah. and See, the...
2: i've never understood that either I, if someone catches a bigger fish or shoots a bigger deer than me i'm happy for them exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. Unless it's Especially Ryan. if they
3: put in the same amount of work that you have. Yeah. You well, know, if they've earned it. <laughs> Unless it's
2: Ryan. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I went fishing yesterday. I caught a bass and got my butt kicked by the rest of the crappie. It happened. It's fishing. Yeah. I, um, I, I always looked at it this way. If I stayed humble and I never forgot where I came from, and, you know, I, I always appreciate every relationship that I get to, to, to get involved with, and I always want to learn something. So I've always taken the approach that no matter who someone is or what they do, I can learn something from them.
1: That's the damn honest truth. Right. To that too, yeah. like right. you can pick up little nuggets of information from anybody. Sure, even Ryan. <laughs> when I started,
2: we didn't have all this internet stuff. You know, it was all books. I, mean, there was, I was reading books,
3: all magazines, magazine. Yes. Yeah. fishing game all the time. was what yeah. brought me it was up. It's like a Bible. Yeah. I
1: never got in fisherman. In fish, I just read every word of them in Fisherman's Peterson's bow hunting, you know, uh, bow
2: hunting world, uh, field and stream, outdoor life. What?
1: All right, so I'm on the other side. I hunt and fish, but I like fishing more. You hunt and fish, but you like hunting more. What do you like about hunting more? Well, I
2: love fishing. I just don't want to do it for a living. Right. I I want something I can go and relax and have fun and not worry, you know, not have it be in work. Um, that's what I do fisherman. for a living. Yeah, well, well, there you go. <laughs> you know, actually,
1: what? I I I quote Ray Lewis a little bit, even though there's like some, some substantial disconnect on here. But he had a great quote. I work mo- uh, Monday through Saturday. Sundays are free. Yeah, and I think like I fish, like I edit and do and edit and edit and write for a living. Sure, but the fishing's free. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's just you. I don't have to. It's not a content driver for me. I yeah. can, you know, I can go and just relax and have like yesterday. I caught one little bass mm-hmm. and for three or four hours. But I, it was nice to just unwind. You know, sit yeah. there. and I heard some turkey gobbles behind me. Oh,
1: I, they were going crazy yeah. yesterday morning. And I was getting chomping at the bit.
3: Yeah, it's that time of year. Yeah. Everything's kind of amping up. Yeah.
2: But when I when I was growing up back in Missouri, I mean, I fished every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we had two big, uh, well, not big, but nice ponds on our farm and as soon as i got home and got my homework done i was fishing on the i was down there with my dog fishing
1: so what's what's the thing that makes you like lean towards hunting then i don't know it's just uh i guess it's just that connection with that bow you know i Mm -hmm, just love
2: shooting a bow um i just uh i just fell in love with it you know and doesn't matter if i'm bow hunting elk or deer or bear turkeys i love bow hunting turkeys that's Mm -hmm. my it's my one of my favorite things to do. I just there's just something so magical about pulling that bow back and anchoring in and letting that arrow go and then hear that. Yeah. You know and then you know you and you have to get them in so close. When I'm turkey hunting, I'm getting them in to ten yards. It Would be a lot yeah. more intimate. It's I yes. it's such yeah. an intimate yes. thing and when I'm hunting, I, I get to see and hear things people never get to see in their lifetimes uh, and it's magical to me. Sure. Yeah.
1: You know. Well, all right. As a a fellow turkey hunter, how the hell do you kill a turkey with a bow? Because I can barely kill with a shotgun. I can't
3: believe you didn't use air quotations around your turkey hunter.
1: I've killed turkeys (laughs) before. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of hard, man. (laughs) That's what we do. That's That's what we do. That's what we bring to the table. (laughs) My buddy Poland just called. He must want to know where the walleyes are at. <laughs> Man, there's three things you just don't share: Wa- mushrooms, walleye, and
2: turkey spots. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, I you know I just I I've always said on the shows I'm living proof anybody can kill a turkey. Yeah. I, when I first started, I I was one of the worst hu- turkey hunters there could ever be. I mean, I was calling too loud, calling too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was moving when I shouldn't have moved, and then it finally started clicking to me. I started paying attention to how that turkey how their behaviors change you know when they're coming in and if I was calling I could see their snoods either get expand or come mm-hmm. short I could see that that instant change in their behavior and when I started learning is that why you got LASIK because you couldn't see it as well anymore <laughs> I got LASIK because I just I hated wearing contacts you know I can yeah. see that but uh I just think I yeah that was another story but um I, I just once I learned you know not to call as loud and not to call, uh, as much. Um, it just started clicking for me and, Mm -hmm. um, it, it thinks it's about the fourth or fifth season. I really started doing well And When we started Outdoors Traditions, we had to do 26 hunts a year. One of the easiest tags to get is a turkey tag. So Jeff and I would be going out and we go to Florida, you know, Jeff went to Florida every year. Jeff got, I don't know how many multiple grand slams on the show. But uh you know we we would take five to six turkeys a year on TV. Yeah. You know and it just got to where, you know we got really comfortable doing it and uh last uh last spring I shot my 90th turkey with a bow.
3: That's awesome.
1: 90? 90 yeah. Awesome. I've even killed nine. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> but again, if you were doing it every every year as much as I would, you you know, you'd be up there too.
1: I am committed this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to <laughs> stick it out I mean there's no guarantees you're gonna kill one but I guarantee you I'm gonna be out there trying yeah. a lot more yeah. he's like the junior high
3: kid that just is getting in the weight room he he gives himself a pep talk about <laughs> every day I'm gonna
1: do it this year that's not I'm gonna far do it off as, as someone who coached junior high wrestling for <laughs> quite a while that's not far off because
3: tell him your normal
1: turkey hunting up to this date oh I wake up yeah get out there fifteen minutes before the sun comes up, probably too late. Um finish my cup of coffee, uh listen to the birds gobble on the roost, they land, they shut up, sit out there for another hour, walk, you know, you might see one, you might not. eight thirty, nine o'clock rolls around. I gotta take a dump. Another cup of coffee sounds pretty good. And then I start thinking about the catfish biting and, <laughs> and the white bass are running. And then I end up being done turkey hunting for the day <laughs> the best advice
2: i can give you spence is just get you some lethal field wipes okay t- take them in your pack that way you're always comfortable nowhere you got to go that was a yeah.
1: solid is that a sponsor job uh, that was a nice
2: little nice little plug in but there that was That's good nice. thank that you I appreciate good. <laughs> and uh i would try to go a little later i have killed a a 80 75 80 percent of my birds between 10 and 2 and if they got real hens with them in the morning off the roost they're hard to put to call them over. The best chance you got is calling that hen to you. And if that hen's not coming, she, that tom's not going to leave her. So, but if you wait and stay until 9 30, 10 o'clock, with uh, those toms, if they I'm have... I'm taking notes. That's all right. <laughs> um, those hens are going to be bred uh, and them toms, especially those non-dominant toms, they're going to start looking for new girlfriends yeah. or new opportunities. And you, you can actually call them a lot easier. So I always tell everybody, you know, take a take a lunch, take a sandwich, or sleep in and get out about seven thirty eight o'clock, because the people that head back of the truck at nine nine thirty, you're missing some of the best hunting there is. That's me. That's yeah.
1: guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah. Catch a lot of catfish and white bass, <laughs> <it comes> <laughs> Well,
2: well you, go fishing in the morning. Yeah, there you and go. And then go to the turkey woods. Gosh, yeah. Switch it up. Your own grand. Because you'd be shocked how many times you get out there <laughs> at nine nine thirty and you start. You know they just strike. Um, they're looking. So
1: that's that. that Ten to two is magic. Well, I will say the times that I've hunted in the afternoon, when you get one to light up, he's like on you. He, oh, he's looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's looking. You better sit down fast. <laughs> do you do you hunt them with a bow out of a blind or?
2: Yeah, because um, I still film.
1: Ninety percent oh, of the time, so you got to so, move. You know,
2: yeah. I, when I go set up, I always try to get between where I know they're roosting and when I think they're where they're going to feed. Um, if you can do that, that's ninety percent of the battle right there because mm-hmm. they're going to be around in your area all morning, um, and that works pretty well for me. And then I'll just throw i I'll throw a Jake out and a couple a feeding hen and an alert hen, and then I'll uh, once I get them on once I get them fired off if they're if they're on the roost. And I can call to them. Once they answer me two or three times, I quit calling. And then once I hear them fly down, do their fly-down cackles, um, they'll start popping and uh, doing their thing. And then I'll wait about 30, 40 minutes. And then every 20, 15, 20 minutes, I'll start calling. I'll I'll do four or five yelps and maybe a cluck and a purr. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if I get one to answer, I'll, I'll answer him back. And then if he answers, I'll answer him back. And if he gobbles again, I shut up. Um, I want them. So third I want them either. It's not yeah. a charm. Yeah. I, well, I want them either getting mad or curious. Gotcha. Because yeah. either one is going to cause them to come in. Right. Yeah. And if they see that Jake and they see those two hands, they're coming. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So I'm curious on this. Thinking of myself growing up, watching fishing shows and hunting shows and everything, and like I said, admiring those people and dreaming about doing that for a living, but having no idea how you would go about starting your, your show since I've kind of learned a little mm-hmm. bit about the general gist of how to start your own hunting show. But how did, but how did you figure it out then? Cause, um, like information isn't everywhere
2: like it is now. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Well, there was, when I started, I actually got a job and it's, I was a medic in the Navy and then I got out and I couldn't do anything like I did in the service. Nobody wanted to accept my my medical training or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go to college to know, learn what I already knew. Right, it was yeah. a waste of time and money. So I I actually finally got a job at a small radio station doing sales. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and I was there I don't know four or five months, and I finally talked to GM and I said, uh, you know, I want to do an outdoor show. I've got a I'm hunting out there every weekend. I'm fishing. You know, I got plenty to talk about. He goes, Well, go get six sponsors and we'll give you an hour. So, I, I went out awesome. and I went and talked to six local people. God bless small business owners. Yes. So, you went
1: six for six on sponsors to uh, start her well, off? Well, I went to, it was my around my home where still. I grew up. I, well, still? Still? <laughs> yeah. Six for six? Yeah.
2: Well, they, they didn't have an outdoor show, so it was something new. Oh. Yeah. But uh, He knew
3: what six businesses to yeah, hit right. up. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: because I'm spending money in the stores every Strate-gizing. week. Strategizing. Yeah. 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 So, but, um,. It just uh, it took off for me, and um, I was there a year or two, and I got a d- different job as a manager at another station, and, and um, I got into uh, major market radio. I got uh, went in, and my dad passed away in 98, 1998, and I did a thing for the American Cancer Society and for my dad, and um, it, we did a big fishing deal uh, at Lines Lake in the town I grew up in, and I got some of the St. Louis Cardinal baseball players to come out through the, um, uh, oh, what do they call it, the, the Alumni Association. So Kenny Reitz, who used to play yep. for the Cardinals, and uh, Ted Simmons, I think Ted came out. We had two or three ex-Cardinal players, but we had a lot of people come out, and we, we did really well raising money for kids with cancer. And
1: um, Even as a diehard Cubs fan. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, if, listen, I, you know, it's a great rivalry, right? It it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. But uh,
2: they gave me broadcaster of the year for doing that, and I didn't deserve it. There were people who did way more than I did. But um, I Hashtag ended up, stay humble. I I actually got a uh, <laughs> got an offer at the major market radio station by doing that, and that's how things took off for me. But I I had to learn. I went and learned and did marketing classes learned about branding, advertising, mm-hmm. you know, so I could actually call a, a marketing person and have an intelligent conversation with them. And, you know, this is why you need to, um, I always ask them who, when, where, why, you know, mm-hmm. what, who is your customer? Why do they care? You know, how, what's an average customer worth to you? You know, so I could answer their questions and show that there's a value there from what I'm doing on a program. Sure. So yeah. that, that's how I learned the sales and marketing aspect of doing a show. You know, um, there were a year, I think a first year or so I, I, I just started doing seminars and working at events for free. I didn't, I never made a dime, but I wanted Mm -hmm. that experience to build up a resume. And with the bow, I was shooting two or three 3d shoots a week, you know, just to get my name noticed by these archery companies. Hey, this guy's out here doing this. He's winning here. He's doing this. So they had a value. I was an ambassador for them. They knew it was going to equate into me selling product for yes, them. Yes, absolutely. So you got to make yourself marketable, and and it all just kind of came together.
1: Gotcha. That's pretty sweet. That is. Well, transition because I don't know what to follow up on that because you did such a good job of like thoroughly answering the question. <laughs> just <laughs> just simply keep working. Yeah. Um you know? I'm excited because tomorrow, my new impact wrench comes in <laughs> <with> the mail. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I hope it the grease never runs out of that thing. After uh, our last trip, you want to you talk about that one a little bit, Ryan? It, it was a normal Spencer trip. <laughs> if it could go wrong, it went wrong. Well, I just thought, so we had those two flat tires. Yeah. We had two flat yeah. tires oh, on one trip. That's horrible. One truck yeah. tire, one trailer tire. And I was just, every time that, or both times it happened, the first thing that popped up in my head was, what if this was me? What if I was stuck by myself? Yeah. What would what what would I do? I mean, you'd get it done. I'd get it. You'd just be there for forty-five minutes. Exactly. Fifteen. It wasn't even fifteen. Yeah. You were like a freaking NASCAR pit crew. Just. (laughs) (laughs) And I meant those semis, not an impact wrench, impact drill. Those semis buzzing by
3: was a little boost. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) No,
2: that's not fun. I I actually carry a little uh, little block vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have to use the car, the truck, uh, the truck jack. Yeah. Which are uh, pretty much yep. garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can't count yeah. on them. So that way, if I'm hauling my a Polaris or whatever, I can, I can jack that thing up really quick. Yep. And, and then I got, uh, those power, uh, manual power wrenches. I'm not a mechanic, so forgive me folks. But, um, it's, you get a lot of torque when you pull on them and yep. so you can get them. To get that changed really quick. Uh, it's scary being out there on a, on a road trying to change a boat or it is. a trailer.
3: A year oh. ago, this same trip, we take one second week of March yeah. every year. Mm-hmm. A year ago, it was middle of the night. We are right on the hit, on the interstate. Right in, we in construction off. zone yeah. with
1: concrete barricades. Oh, no, right. uh, that's not fun. It was bad. So yeah. speak, you went six so. for six. We're two for two right now on <laughs> spring break trip <laughs> flat tires. There you go. Three for two. Hey, if you get a tire company <laughs> cool. on, you're, you're gold, man yeah <laughs> well we wouldn't put them at their best <laughs> like go buy you a good because they're gonna go flat every time you go on a trip they're, like yeah. probably not gonna fly but that got me thinking too like are there any instances where you've had a close call in the outdoors or on a trip or something like something that scared you like man that was close
2: um i don't know i fell through a dock in in canada uh we were bear hunting and uh we, uh, you had to take a boat, a little V hole across the main part of the lake, and I had a couple buddies of mine. We stayed on these cabins on the island, and uh, <laughs> we were unloading, and I just stepped off and I hit a dry, bo- uh, a dry rotted board, yeah. and I went right through the dock, like ten feet of water, and I had, I had waders and stuff on. Oh Jesus! Oh, and, and I filled great. up, and yeah. it's like, man, I was lucky to get out of that. Yeah. Um, you had people around though. Yeah, they helped me get me out. Otherwise, I'd been in trouble. But
1: uh, I, I've had a bear come at me a couple times. Um, does, that up, even, does that even bother you? Like some people act like it's no big deal, and some people act like it's the end of the well, world. Well, it's mean, a it's bear. Probably not my <laughs> well, favorite. I'd be freaking <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it a grizzly? No,
2: these were these were uh, about 350 pound sow. Um, I was bears. coming up. Yeah. I was coming up off the river up in alberta mm-hmm. and uh, i just got up on the bank and i was going down the trail and i heard something pop and i looked over and this bear was about 10 yards from me
1: oh it's close now. and i <laughs> i
2: just she started popping her jaws and uh, i was looking to see if there was any cubs or something around because that's the worst thing you can get in between the cubs and a, oh, I and suppose. a sow. Yeah, that's I that's suppose. not a good situation but I just reached down and I grabbed a little piece of uh, a little branch, a little piece of wood. You're all wet, pup. Woody showed up. Woody went on (laughs) a soggy walk. Yeah. And I just kind of chucked it over at her and and she just kind of growled and walked off. But that was, and we were elk hunting in Colorado uh, two years ago and I had about a 400 pound color phase black bear come in. Um, I had some elk estrus out and he came up and went right to it and he was about five six yards from me and i had my bow i'm helping. five or six yards yeah five or six yards wow. and then i had a buddy could of mine could you
1: smell him at that point in time
2: i, I was trying to film <laughs> I, I was getting it off figure if i get eight at least it'd be documented sure. you know but uh that was kind of
1: hairy but other than that it's been it's been all right um my my biggest one wasn't even me it was Corey.
3: Oh, when he dumped it,
1: yeah. Dumped the kayak. We had him on the kayak or yeah. on, the, on the podcast, but I think it was his first time kayaking ever. And I told him, Man, if you want to go, you're in for an adventure. And he's like, All gung ho about it. All right. So, I baptism by fire. We're floating the river, and the river is low. And, yeah, in some instances, that's easier. And then some instances, it's not because, like, the pools will be slower, but then you'll have spots that choke down harder. Uh-huh. And then you have faster current through those, or just just weird spots where you wouldn't think it'd be as hairy More as More obstructions. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and um, he was trying to tie off to a brush pile like he watched me tie off to a brush pile or something like that. But he had a cooler. He had a like a bag on the front of his kayak and then this tall-ass cooler bungee corded on top of that. Which And then he had a seat in the high position. So <laughs> his center of gravity couldn't have been any higher unless he was like a Shaquille or yeah, yeah, it's a learning curve. So he bumps a log, and then dumps it. And he, we recovered a lot. We didn't recover his phone. He lost. I think we tallied it up like twelve hundred dollars in rod and reel combos. Wow! Because wow. he's got, you know, he's got to have the good stuff. Yeah. And well, he's a bass guy. He he does bass tournaments. Don't swear at me. <laughs> 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 Is that swearing, bass guy. <laughs> it's kind of an inside joke. Oh, I got you. Actually. That we'll, we'll get into this question here in a second because I'm curious what both of you think. But, um yeah, so he flips his kayak. I was freaking out because I'd never been on a trip where anybody had flipped their kayak in a situation where they might get tangled in brush. But yeah. the interest, most interesting part of the story, other than the fact that he was okay, Um and he toughed it out for the rest of the trip. We didn't even – we camped out that night, and he stuck it out. But we floated that same stretch like uh, two months later when the water dropped. And we found two of his combos and my tow rope that had fallen off his kayak and got tangled up in the logs. And maybe, like, a shoe or something like that. Winner. Well, Winner. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Except the com- one of the combos was good. Of course, the expensive one was snapped at the handle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And that stuff happens. I was tying up my boat. I was coming in. I was over at, uh,
1: what's the one over here at? Right off of uh, Ankeny, what's the that? Uh, we can't name body of water names oh, on here. Right. I'm going to have to bleep that out. All right, <laughs> Well, a certain body of water there close to Ankeny. How's that? That'll okay.
2: work. That'll work. Um, I was uh, going up to the dock by myself, and it was real windy, and I uh, <laughs> I just went up to reach and grab the, uh, the the pole, you know, so I could tie the boat off. And right. I left the I had left the motor engaged instead of throwing like in it, drive and, and drive yeah i slowed down but i left it engaged so when i grabbed that it took me right over the boat oh, <laughs> and i i just i popped up real quick i'm lucky the boat didn't hit me but yeah. uh, i looked up and i was really embarrassing i bet yeah That's so hilarious. i climbed back i climbed back up and got in the boat and shut the motor <laughs> off and it's like yeah that long walk of shame back yeah, to the truck
3: i think i'm done for the day <laughs> So Corey, if
2: you're listening, don't worry. It happens to all of us. It doesn't happen to me, Corey. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. suck it.
1: <laughs>
2: that, that wasn't as bad as falling through the dock in Canada, though. That would be yeah. well, and then just the the just surprise, the, yeah. Like, and the
3: waiters part is yeah. what. Could well, really yeah, because it all filled up it. on me. Yeah. It was the water cold a cold too? Water. Yeah,
2: it was really cold. Oh, okay, yeah, it was in the fall. Yeah. yeah. I've
3: done that beaver hunting where or beaver trapping where. You know I can touch, so it's not as big of a deal. But yeah. when those waders start filling up, oh, that's cold instantly. Well, and
1: that's real cold. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever had any close calls, Ryan?
3: Anything pop comes? To Luckily, mind? nothing horrible. I I did have to cut my rope one time kayak, and I tied off in too fast a current. I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't think it was as quick as it really was. Was I there? You were on up ahead of me.
4: Oh,
1: but yeah, it was. So you would have been dead because I was gone. <laughs> well. <laughs>
3: You're but resourceful, it, but it started you know pulling the back down, and I wasn't in danger per se, but it was enough where I just you, lost my tie off and called it good, fair enough, you no know, cut it and worry about it later, so uh,
1: well, it was a
3: nice looking spot though i love to, <laughs> I'd love to set up there but
1: <laughs> was that was that the day when we floated that dinky little river and we didn't catch shit?
3: no, that was down south uh. Did we catch any
1: fish that day?
3: We did that night. We camped that night,
1: but we were floating
3: down. We hit a few spots before we started camping. Okay, okay.
1: One of those trips. Yep. I was imagining the one where we went with Denny and fished all that great-looking water and didn't catch nothing. That was a long day. That was like (laughs) eight miles of fishing methodically every piece of potential structure and catching nothing. That's
3: Mm. one of those days where you finally get back in
1: your truck and you're just... Give me a (sighs) six-pack... and a pizza (laughs) you just don't want to move for a minute that's my (laughs) that's my gift to myself when i get off the water like if i float like 10 or 20 miles and you're just beat down because it's hot and you know and you've been paddling your ass off pizza and beer so let's
3: dehydrate a little bit more absolutely
1: (laughs) well i do balance it out i'll i'll drink like a gallon of, of water yeah Absolutely. Except when I just drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> Which <I> happens, <laughs> Which has been known to happen. All right, so the the inside joke with the bass fishermen. It's, um, how can I say this intelligently without offending Good luck.
4: Because
1: <laughs> I'm not very intelligent. <laughs> it's just an inside joke. I have, now I just sound like an asshole if I go down that route. <laughs> I yep. have fished for bass. I enjoy bass fishing. Um... Sometimes bass fishermen get uptight. Could, could you say that again? You you it
3: started with an E.
1: <laughs> what what was that word? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> bass fishing's tolerable, <laughs> uh, and because some bass fishermen are uptight, I enjoy poking the bear. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the same with, same with same with several ball, other other groups yeah. of anglers. So my question is though. Who are the snobbiest groups of anglers out there? Oh, I'm not touching that
2: one. You have to though. Uh, I, you know, I what? Here's what I don't understand: How do people? Why do people get upset? Or why do you always have to find somebody when you're tied off, or you're finding somewhere on a lake? And the next thing you know, somebody's right next to you.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. And yeah, good redirection of the conversation. because yeah. you don't want to answer the. And question. I, <laughs> I, in my opinion,
3: ice fishing's even worse. Yeah, like you get set up, you're like all right, I'm on this certain piece of structure and nobody's around. Yeah. You drill three holes and there's four people right there. (laughs) I always just start, I always
2: just start a conversation and just keep talking. Eventually, you know, they, (laughs) they, they just have nothing left to say.
1: (laughs) I like to think by that time, when I have nothing left to say, I, I'm limited out by this. Yeah. So it's time to go anyway. Yeah. Well, he's
3: got 25 years of experience. He can talk a lot. No, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can talk.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: No, we'll, we'll, we'll skip that one ju- just
3: for, for you,
4: Dan. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, listen, I think everybody should enjoy it. I, 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 you know, I used to trout fish all the time back in Missouri. You mm-hmm. know, Missouri's got some really good, pristine trout fishing. Yeah. Um, I used to, every other weekend I'd be down there and you'd run into people that were just salt of the earth, just super nice. And then you had some people that had, you know, Rolls Royce with everything. And, and you know, yeah. if you, if you, uh, if you weren't throwing a dry fly, they look down at you. And I've never looked at that. I I just never understood that mentality. You know, we all put our pants on the same way, and Mm -hmm. we're all going to end up in the same place when we're gone. So, you know, it's better just to get along, right?
1: I agree. For strict entertainment purposes, we're going to revisit the fishing close thing, though. Because (laughs) you made me think of a story. (laughs) Last spring, um, I was looking for a place to walleye fish, and I moseyed down the bank, and there's... A dude wading out in the river, and I had my waders on too. And this, it wasn't a like secluded place, but it wasn't a place where you can park your truck and walk ten feet either. Yeah. And just out of consideration, I was like, "Excuse me, sir, do you mind if I make a few casts about twenty, thirty feet away from you?" And he didn't even look, turn around and look at me. He just responds. I don't like it when anybody's fishing within a mile of me. <laughs> like he might you, have smelled you, you asshole. Like yeah. if you don't like that, go get a boat. Because <laughs> like if you're bank fishing, the reality is if you're at access points, there's a possibility people are going to be fishing there. Yes. Yeah,
2: I think if the proper etiquette, if as long as you're away, a cast away from somebody where yeah. you can't get in their their casting range, mm-hmm. that's that's more than enough etiquette right there. I mean, no, you know, it's all public access, right? Right. Yeah you know nobody owns the public air, the the waters i i always just tell everybody be respectful and you know you start seeing somebody catch fish you know if you want to get a little
3: closer but you know don't get right next to them <laughs> you know that's not a good thing to do i agree. spencer always takes lures out of my tackle box when i start catching fish <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. caught red-handed <laughs> Actually, last uh, time Stella was handing them to me. She was. She She's was like, "Here, take all my dad's it fishing was a equipment." Garage sale on the boat dock. Yeah. <laughs> no, but to go back to that thing, I I left. I'm like, I don't want to be around a guy who's that grumpy anyway. Yeah.
2: Well, especially when you start catching fish. Yes. And, I, and he's, he's been there for hours
3: and just got like wet. It. Yeah. <laughs> I was up in
2: Minnesota last year while I fishing. Uh, one of my last trips. Um, before hunting season started and I was just uh, a friend of mine took me and gave me his numbers and um, I told you I had I hooked up that live scope on there and that's first time I ever really used it and it's like hypnotizing. It was like a yeah. video game for old people. Yes. I mean, I mean, it was it's just, crazy. it was unbelievable. I'm my, sitting,
1: mine's in the closet. Yeah. Right <laughs> I,
2: I never spent so many hours on YouTube in my life trying to learn how to use something. Right. Yes. But uh, when I got that thing dialed in and I was up there and I was just, I, I, I think I caught over 150 walleye in two and a half days. Wow. And it was just one of them, you know. That just doesn't
3: happen a lot. Yeah, no. it just no. doesn't. And Unless you're on Lake Erie, yeah. then it happens every day. <laughs> well, I love
2: I've loved Northern Minnesota. Some really good, it's good pristine water, and you know you can get on them. Uh, but uh, long story short, I just I was catching fish left and right, and I caught about a 29 inch female. And uh, I took I was there taking selfies so I could throw it on Facebook. You know, you got to yeah. do the little grib and grab, grab and grin. Then next thing I know, I had four boats within fifteen yards of me. Oh, it was, was just you, like was one of them. Me, no, if I saw a twenty-nine inch walleye. No,
4: well, With I, your don't, net I don't. I yeah. to net it. I as think he
2: releases it. I think I just caught like seven or eight fish in a row. I was yeah. just in a nice school.
1: I just moderate insert. I lost a walleye that might have been twenty-nine inches Man. at my feet today. Really? Oh, you got
3: a nice one today, didn't Man.
1: you? I, yeah, I got a limit, um, but and, wasn't and,
3: one a one one was like 22 23
1: yeah. but the the big mom got away right at my yeah. feet. At least uh, I got to see her.
2: They they I love walleye fishing because they drive me nuts. They are the most finicky fish mm-hmm. and I half the time I'm getting bites, I don't know I'm getting bites. I think I'm on the bottom. They drive me absolutely. But when you catch
1: them, it's awesome. Yeah, You know, yeah.
2: especially when you get to eat them. Yeah. You know, they're my
1: favorite <laughs> eating fish there well, is. my thing with walleye, they're garbage fighters they um, they're finicky and pain in the ass to stay on consistently but when they thump it and you feel that thump yeah. that's electric especially
3: and when it's like your 87th cast in a row where you haven't had anything and you know and they're then, there yeah you know and then
1: thump right <laughs> and then the other side of it is um, they're just that's a nice fish <laughs> That
3: is a nice fish. Yeah, that was yeah. the,
1: yeah. Well, and I just think they're cool, In like, they're just cool fish. They look yeah. cool. The things they do underwater are cool. Mm-hmm. Like, they just hang out, then all of a sudden they lose their minds and eat everything. <laughs> I think that's sweet.
2: Well, you know, like, last, you know, learning uh, my buddy Gary, just listening to him, I mean, it's amazing how they just move in, and the in the evenings, they move so much closer to shallow. Gary who? Uh, I can't tell you that. It's classified. Uh, I thought you were <laughs> going to say Gary Roach. No, no, this is my, bu- this is my buddy in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, like,
1: yeah. thank Gary Walleye. Gary, Rose. He's,
2: he's my, he, my walleye slash black bear guru. Okay. So, that's nice. cla- so that, you have a
1: personal nice. one.
2: Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's yeah.
1: good to have. That's yeah. good Absolutely. to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just have Spencer. <laughs> well, we could do a lot better than that, but
2: So you guys are probably, you remind me of Larry and Philip and Ryan and I on the show, because I'll be out i'll either be out deer hunting or turkey hunting i'll be rattling and grunting you know it's like i'll get these little bucks coming in and then you know the next thing i know i'll look over and there's a big buck like 60 70 yards on the other side of the fence and it's like all right larry that buck i grunted at him twice and he took off running what am i you know it's like what am i doing wrong (laughs) you know it's uh, you start second guess i still second guess my stuff my stuff that i do and fishing I, I'll uh, even though I've been fishing since I was five years old, and I'm 58 now. I I, I learn something new every time I go out.
1: See, so you go, you top bring up that second guess and stuff. That's yeah. the worst part about fly fishing, because yeah. you can do everything right, and then you sit there for hours wondering yeah. if you really did do everything. Because yeah. right. <laughs> that's all you have to do, right? right. <laughs> yeah, I
2: catch most of my big fish by mi- by mistake. I think like that big one I just showed you. I was back trolling a shad wrap on
1: her what's by mistake you were walleye fishing and you caught a big Well, i didn't
2: you know it's not like i knew that you know there was big fish there i didn't i was still trying to read my sonar you know my electronics and yeah. I, I couldn't tell you if that was a five pound walleye or two pound walleye i just knew there was fish there but yeah, yeah i'm not going to sit there and say yeah i was on i was targeting big fish because i'd be fibbing
1: i yanked it away from how? the small one. yeah how do you <laughs> yeah. really target big fish like I'll target a particular species, and I'll do that regularly. But as far as targeting the largest of that species, oh, I, I tell spots.
2: you, some of them guys are like uh, Shaw Grigsby's a really good buddy of mine. Uh, I've known Shaw, and Shaw's a professional bass fisherman. Uh-huh. You know Shaw?
1: You ever uh, heard? of I actually met him at ICAST. Yeah, there. one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Shaw,
2: Shaw, I, Shaw, Denny Brower, Gary Klein. Uh, hank parker hank parker yeah. i've I, i've not not met hank but he, he's a nice man mm-hmm. i know a lot of people that know him uh, bill dance um uh kevin van Dam. those guys know how to target big fish they can look at those electronics and they know what's there they mm-hmm. can tell if it's size or not yeah. i'm not even in their socks right. you know yeah. i you know there's no way i could do that i and uh it's it's a gift I mean, they, they make, that's why they're successful doing what they're doing.
3: Yeah. Well, you spend most of your time in the radio studio, and they spend most of their time watching that graph. Yeah, I spend most <laughs>
2: yes. of my time just doing what my wife tells me to do and go, <laughs> and go in the grass.
3: That's the true key uh, to happiness right yeah. there.
1: Well, so, so yes and no on the graph thing, too, on those guys. Like, Bill dance he had his TV show and he edited every one of those for a long time and yeah. like and i don't know the circumstances for a lot of them but i bet you that most of them are wishing they were on the water even more than what they're able to yeah but
3: i guarantee that like you enjoy your editing process and i, I, I guarantee you know if if you didn't there's no way bill dance would've been on that long, unless that was a prior to the process that he really enjoyed. I well, mean, maybe, maybe you know. not. Who yeah. knows?
1: Some people just gut it out and grind things out because they they like the outcome. Some people do it because they enjoy it. And- yeah. See, I yeah. grew
2: up watching Virgil Ward, and I, you know, that was forty five years
1: ago. I mean, I, I heard stories about Virgil. Ward. Virgil <laughs> Ward
2: was a great fisher guy. Yeah. I mean, that guy knew his fish. Um, I got a lot of respect for those people that were doing it professionally uh, 50, 60, 70 years ago. I mean, they had those little 10-horse outboard motors and little V-holes and I mean those guys I mean they knew to look at that lake topography and But they,
1: ignorance is bliss, man. Like eh, they didn't eh. know what they were missing because that was all there was Well work, they so. couldn't
2: see it, but they could they could read those lake charts and they knew the topography, they knew those points and and uh, drop offs and stuff. They knew where to go fish.
1: So we right. me and a buddy yeah. got they into this were navionics. That was them. <laughs> <Well, him. laughs> I would and I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but I, I talked to a buddy for sure um brad we were talking about how i i personally would love if all fishing electronics were outlawed yeah. because i find a lot of value in being able to read the water like there was a while where when i was just fishing out of a kayak and i'd go with denny and firefighter tim and i'd i'd be like it's about 12 foot there isn't it and then he would look and Sometimes it'd be like seven, and sometimes I'd be pretty close. And when I'd be pretty close, I'd be like, yeah, still got it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but being able to read the water and guess those things and be able to predict that you know maybe you don't know what's underwater but you know there's something there well that's you know lakes are tougher
2: i agree with you on that and you know i grew up on a river you know Mm -hmm. where i grew up on uh there was a burbis river was uh the one i used to fish but man i used to go look at those ripples and you know every place that there was a nice hole drop off there i mean that's where i'd go fish
1: and that's where the fish are yeah you go run
2: your bait up 10 15 yards and let that ripple take it down hit that water hole and that bait tumbles down in that hole and then fish are there staging the that's their in the current That's how to, they live. That's how yep. they live, yeah. So it's important to know how that a little bit how that works.
1: I think so. And then yeah. you add that to your the electronics and then you become real dangerous. But if you just got rid of all electronics, I think that would be cool.
2: Yeah, never happened.
1: No, yeah. We've, we've bursted that bubble. Yeah. It's never it, going it's
2: back. It's just like when I first started hunting, I, there's a, and I told the story on the radio a few, like a month or two ago, but there was a little thing called a trail timer. Mm-hmm. It was about the size of a credit card and it had an LCD clock on it. You know, like the old watch, the old digital watches, yep. you know, the LCDs. And it had a string, uh, that you would, you would take your little trail timer and, and you tie it up on a tree. Or you know a little sapling, and then you'd run the string across the game trail, little trip wire, right? And, then and as soon as time. you know the deer or whatever would come by, it'd pull that cord, and that clock would stop at like four o'clock in the afternoon. It would just be flashing. And I used to get so excited because at four <laughs> o'clock something went right on my there. stand. It <laughs> was know? a raccoon. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. every yeah. single time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> no clue
3: what it was, but it was awesome. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And
2: now I, I'm sitting there at three in the morning. My wife gets mad at me because my phone's blinking off, and it's like I'm getting all my trail cam pictures of what's, you know, it's technology is amazing. It's it's light years from when I first started.
1: You so, ever see any crazy stuff on trail cams?
2: Oh, I've had poachers and our trespassers
1: and um anybody walking with fishing poles in a case of bush light uh no (laughs) no
3: with a grin ear to ear yeah i haven't haven't (laughs) seen seen that yet so let's take it back before we move on too much further you were talking like the 50s 60s the got the tv shows or the like the professionals back then fishing was viewed as a food source more than now you know what i mean Um, so how was how I was don't. the guy? Well, I wasn't
1: there, but I can imagine.
3: But how was the guy that that had a show or even like r- wrote articles or something perceived when some people were out there trying to make their supper by mm-hmm. fishing? You know, was were they perceived as greatness or were they perceived as quick giving away secrets? Or
2: no, I think they were they were revered back then. I mean. You know, we we talked about magazines a little bit yeah. ago. You know, that's there was there wasn't all this digital and, and internet stuff back then. So if someone had a, you had five or six TV channels. You know, you act yeah. the remote control 45, 50 years ago is when your son or daughter went and turned a channel. That was you know you were the remote control. I was where my dad. I, I hey, was too. hey yeah. numbskull, go turn on channel four. He
3: could have reached the TV from where
2: he was. like. <laughs> you know, so you you only
1: had. Just keeping you in your place. You Absolutely <laughs> right. You only had
2: a half a dozen people doing it on li- for a living. Right. You know, you know, Kirk Gowdy and uh, a lot of those, like those folks. But, um, you know, they were revered. I mean, they, you know, Fred Bear. Uh, you know, when yeah. Fred Bear used to be on with uh, American Sportsman, with, uh, you know, those guys were out there chasing uh, grizzly bears with a recurve.
1: That's insane. That is insane. You know, I mean, people. I don't even like bow hunting. And yeah. then how do you not appreciate something like that?
2: Well, a good buddy of mine's Fred Eichler. And uh, I've known Fred for a long time, and he's killed everything in North America. He got the North American Grand Slam, and he did it all with a recurve. Wow. You know, so I've always had a lot. I can't
1: even of- hit shit with a compound. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, you know, it's just like casting, 10 to 2, 10 to 2.
1: You're talking fly casting right yeah. now. Well, I'm just saying, that's how I learned 10 yeah. to 2, man. It's just.
2: Yeah. A- but uh, that, I'm, I'm uh,
1: I bought a flyer out. I'm going to dabble in a little bit of fly fishing. Hey, I,
2: I I would love to learn get into fly fishing, but I just don't have the time. Yeah. I was going to say
3: you'd have to give up one or the other and then you,
2: you know. got to learn to be an entomologist and learn all the different not if
1: you're fishing for hybrid stripers oh, okay. <laughs> then you just put a streamer on yeah. and let it rip uh,
2: we used to does we used
1: look to- like a shad kind of <laughs> it'll probably work <laughs>
2: yeah. we used to we used to bass fish with fly rods you yeah. know but yeah. that was easy you just put grasshoppers or you know anything like that on there and then bass would hit it but um that's uh you know like to go to the uh blackfoot out west or yellowstone mm-hmm. or something to do that that'd be pretty cool
1: but back to those guys you were talking about. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. I, I cut you off like a real
2: asshole. I, I was just trying to be polite and ignore you. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, no place for politeness on this podcast.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, where, do, you, do we want to? What direction do we want to go? You're running this this, yeah. this, this year's show, Spencer. I'm There's just sitting drinking your water. Too much freedom. I need more structure. We'll go this route. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple email questions and stuff. And this one's kind of an oddball one and I'm kinda of, That's kinda of like the people that listen to that's this. True. Pretty, that's true. That's true. So Wendell Wendell, if you're listening, I appreciate the question and we're <laughs> gonna dive into this one. I don't know how long it's gonna last, but Ryan. Yes, sir. because. Dan you you've caught uh, caught some flatheads but you you don't do much if any flathead fishing. Uh,
2: I have gosh maybe 5
1: flatheads in my life. Any on, on any purposefully fishing for them?
2: No. Uh a couple of, I mean I used to run trout lines when I was a kid yep. and I you know, I've probably caught several that way. Um but on a rod and reel and stuff maybe the one I told you about over at the that other lake on yep. the that's uh, that's yeah. That's a good lake. <laughs> yeah and uh and uh uh i think i got one in uh oh I, I just a just a few sure leave it at that
1: all right so wendell wants to know if you were to use a flathead to catch a flathead because they are pretty cannibal i mean they they,
2: I, they are predacious upon their themselves and
1: yeah. and i had this conversation earlier i was walleye fishing with my buddy jesse is there a fish that isn't cannibalistic I think they'll all I think they're more opportunistic. They don't care if it's their own species. Right? Yeah. It's meat. So if you were to They use need a, to live. If you were to use a flathead as bait, what would be the biggest flathead you would use? Well, how big of a flathead do you want to catch? The biggest flathead in the in the river.
3: I, I would say in my area, probably a pound and a half. Just like our carp suckers. Yeah. yeah. Probably about a pound and a half would be I'd a good one. i would say about seven to bait. ten inches. I would something that big, I would clip its fins and make it more streamlined. I don't know. Probably.
1: I, I probably wouldn't clip the fins. Pound and a half, to me, sounds like right about the right max. Because yeah. like something like you're talking about, a 7 or 8 or is a very easy-to-manage bait. Like, you cast it out normal. Like, yeah. you can actually cast it. <laughs> right. And then when you cast it, it'll stay where you casted yeah. it. But then you're- once you get to baits over a pound, and then you start getting into that 2 to 3-pound range they start they to do become what they want. unmanageable. <laughs> let,
2: me, let me ask you a question because I don't know the answer to this, and I always want to learn something. Right? Can you use a game fish as bait? And
3: as long this, as it's
1: legally caught on rod and reel. If you can keep it and eat it, you can use it for bait. Okay. And then um, bag limits apply in our state. So I've used lots of things for bait that probably people wouldn't be happy about yeah. or somebody out there wouldn't be happy about. There's a few that are off-limits. I've never used a smallie, just because I have a lot of respect for the smallmouth bass. Hardest
2: fighting fish per pound there that swims in the water.
1: See, I would argue wipers are fight harder.
2: Man, I tell you, man, you get a five pound Smalley on there. That, I have. Yeah, them footballs, man. Those things are amazing. They c- make your day. Yeah, they really. I, 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 They're yeah. so few and far between, too. You yeah.
1: know, I'm never going to turn down a five pound Smalley, but I will argue till the day I die a wiper fights harder. But
3: how many five pound wipers have you caught versus how many five pound Smalleys? Probably fifty to one.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, but then even I even catch the wipers on bigger gear. Yeah. yeah and they still i still well they're mean they fight. They they are, that's what i'm saying they're yeah. like the meanest thing out there
4: if <laughs> it's got
1: hair if it's got stripes it fights it's like, like crazy yeah. it's like me in my 20s well, going to a bar trying to eat them <laughs> well and then the other side of it is the food they eat's fast and yeah. they eat it in a situation where they got to be fast like yeah. Yeah. shad are quick yeah and yeah. they're eating shad and if they want to eat them they got to be able to get to them where the smallies they're ambush style predators they'll roam some but not they're not plagic in the way that hybrids are hybrids are constantly moving fighting the current all the time and you hook them and your drag just you starts screaming yeah
2: i catch most of my smallies around uh rivers on the banks on the in the root systems and the where the tree yep you know i'll, I'll throw a crawfish crankbait in there or Anything that resembles a minnow or a shad, um, I usually do pretty good with smallies on that. Uh, there's a certain other lake up in Minnesota that's... Uh, has
1: freak show smallmouth. Oh, my God. I bet I know <laughs> what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, I'll
2: give you a hint. It starts with a T. Then, no, I don't know what <laughs> you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Google you want me You want me to tell you this? <laughs> you Since can, it's in Minnesota? You can tell me Turtle that. Lake in Minnesota is awesome <sighs> for
1: smallies. <laughs> yeah. um, I, you might... Depending depending on, depending and on how lax is really
2: good smallmouth fishing. That's what I thought yeah. you were talking
1: about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, depending on how much you love the smallmouth, you might take mild offense to this. Um, I compare smallies a little bit to green sunfish and oh, how that they they live their life. Yeah, and they are as voracious as green sunfish. See,
2: I don't get offended by fish. I love them all.
1: So yeah, I love green sunfish. Yeah, so oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I bet a smallie would make a wonderful bait, but. Back to what we were talking about, I was, I've was i used largemouth up to three pounds for bait.
2: For flatheads? Yeah. yeah.
1: And caught fish. My favorite story to tell anybody who bass fishes a lot. Like, you know that tournament you fished last weekend where you just needed one more three pounder to get on top of the podium? You <laughs> used was on a, a 10 uh, on it. Yeah, hook. I used him for bait <laughs> and caught a 43 pounder on him. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a
2: nice flathead.
1: Yeah. Uh, when <laughs> the clicker starts rolling, when you have a bait like that, you're just like,
4: Time Holy stops. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I tell you, one of the things I want to do in the next couple of years, I got a couple of buddies of mine who go out to Kansas and they get those blue, big blue cats.
4: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I,
2: I'd like to go do that because I mean, they get it's some, a blast. They get some screamers. Yep. It's a blast.
1: Yeah. We've actually been down there a handful of times yeah. fishing for them, and the cool thing about the reservoirs down there is they're a lot like the reservoirs here, where you have a deeper main basin close to the dam, and then uh-huh. you get up to the north end. Where the river dumps in and then you get these shallow mud flats. Well, early in the spring, after the ice goes out, a lot like they do here, or channel cats do here, you get a, a nice day with good south wind, consistent. The more days it's blowing from the south, the better, and it pushes that bait up to the north end, and those fish follow it all. Plus, the, that mud warms up faster. So it's like a double whammy why they'd want to move up there. And you like it's,
2: have, It gets pretty warm early out there, too.
1: Right, yeah. right. Yeah. and Yeah, it's a nice change of pace from yeah. here. But uh, not only can you have great action from a pile of big fish, you're catching them in two foot of water. Yeah. You could catch a 50, 60-pounder in two feet of water.
3: Like, we we saw the mud trails chasing our baits. Like, we were in our kayaks, and you could see the actual mud trails coming. So, you just kind of stop paddling and wham! (laughs) Pull it, go down. Uh, We're...
2: Um, since I told you I, saw, I had to sell my boat last year, yeah, I'm I'm been Which thinking. I ab- still feel bad. for Well, you. I do. I, <laughs> I still cry once in a while. But uh, I'm thinking about getting a fishing kayak. Yeah, and, you know.
4: Th-
2: yeah. Uh, that way I can. That's uh, a good ringtone. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I apologize because I thought I had that off. Apologize
1: yeah. for oh. doing the and, same thing I did. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and this
2: is my moose guide in Alberta that's calling. Ooh, that's big news. That's uh, that, Oh, and we now pause. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Excuse me for just a second. Right, hey, hey, Ken, it's outdoors. How you doing? <laughs> hey, I, I'm good. Hey, I'm actually in the middle of doing a live show right now. But I, 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 I told the guy. No, I told him. I said this is my moose guide in Alberta, and I got to answer. Can I call you back in a little bit?
4: Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ken. <laughs> bye, <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs>
2: Yeah, when the moose guide calls, you have to
4: answer. Yes, well, <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah, the
1: wife ashing. Eh, wait, do you? you get, <laughs> so we were talking about catfishing, but at, real quick, do you get to go moose hunting every year? This or is will be that no a special. The, thing? This
2: will be my first time ever moose hunting. Oh, so you've never oh, went. Awesome. I've never been? Okay, no, great. I awesome. I've been. That's been my my bucket list hunt forever. And, you know, it's so expensive. And this guy is such a nice guy. He's up in Alberta, Canada. He follows my shows. Mm-hmm. Um, he, we're, we were buddies on Facebook, and we, we live stream all the outdoors, Dan, and the outdoor call radio stuff on Facebook. So right. he's just started following me, and he, uh, he called me. Um, I, shot a, I shot a really nice elk in Colorado on the TV show uh, two years ago. And he goes, hey, I saw your elk hunt, and I, wanna, I want you to come up here and shoot a moose.
1: So, okay. So, so that's
2: you know that's the nicest thing about my job is um, you know I get to meet people like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. At least yeah. on from my perspective and I'm doing thing gets going a different route obviously than you are, but the end result of getting to meet new cool people. Yeah, yeah that's
2: there. honestly the best thing about
1: it.
3: And explore different areas. Sure. And, you know, yeah. it's memories you're always gonna have. So yeah. what were we talking about with catfishing though?
1: You were talking about
2: using that three pound small or largemouth and caught that forty three pounder.
1: Yes. And then uh, I've used three pound carp. Actually, I used a four-pounder one time, and it did get bit, but it wasn't that big of a fish because it couldn't get it all the way down the hatch. That's a big chunk of (laughs) meat
4: for a flathead. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then caught one of my biggest flatheads ever um, on a 15-inch bullhead. That probably weighed a couple pounds, I suppose. Yeah. Kid. Well, yeah. and we were talking about the Kansas Blue Cats. Ah, uh, that's one of the things yeah.
2: I really want to do. I mean, do uh, it, man! It's uh, not like it's that far. I get done turkey yeah. hunting. See, that's the nice thing about being on respect oh, the game. Oh, there's
1: wonderful turkey hunting down there. Oh, that's too. where I go
2: every year. I, I, that's one of Wait, my, so you that's go there
1: and you don't blue catfish? Well, no, I'm busy, usually busy. Shooting. <laughs> yeah. I usually it takes me a couple couple days to get two toms under my belt and get them on film. And see, I'm the inverse. I go down there blue cat fishing, and I see all the turkeys on my drive <laughs> down. I'm like, why Why am I not going turkey hunting? Yeah, but uh, I'm definitely going to do that. I uh,
2: I've always wanted to get a big blue. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, and they uh, <clears throat> when they hit a rod, it's. It's No impressive. playing around. Yeah. Like channel cats will nibble and stuff. You know, they just. out. So yeah. You yeah. better make sure if you're bank fishing, your rods are secured. And if you're on a boat, like plastic rod holders work, but I don't trust them. Yeah. They hit that hard. Yeah. If you have plastic rod holders, back the drag down a little bit. Okay. And it, it's really tough to tell
3: between a five pound fish and a 25 pound fish sometimes. Oh yeah. Because they just hammer. It. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, these, I think they're catching like 50, 60-pound blues. I mean, yeah. they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're pretty yeah. big. They're
1: yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah. we those we, don't come around every trip, yeah. but they're always a possibility. Yeah. Um But it's realistic to expect to catch a, at least a 20 to 30 and maybe a bunch of them. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah we caught over... Two hundred and fifty probably pounds of fish one day and you out did. of kayaks.
1: You did, yeah. and you I did wa- the next day. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> that
3: all
2: goes. That all goes full circle back to when I was a kid fishing the burbus, You know, yeah. that was my favorite thing. The catch was uh, channel cats or bullheads. And
1: dude, I still love walking creeks. Yeah. I'm actually kind of getting jacked up because good creek nice walking time here. Yeah. Yeah. We're about two to four weeks away from when it really gets rolling good. Yeah, I used
2: to. I used to go catch a bunch of crawfish and put them on the hook and next thing I know I'd have a bite and
1: yeah. real man. That's, that's living man. You ever pick up any, well, the fun thing about crawfish is like you can pick up all kinds of stuff using them too. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. if I'm floating chunk of cut bait under bobber, I'm probably going to catch a catfish, but you float a crawfish in the right Creek. You catch a catfish. You could catch a smallie. You yeah. can catch a walleye. You yeah. can catch all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, my
3: favorite kid bait was leopard frogs. Loved leopard frogs. I'd use them more I used if to it, use them all the time. Is there a good way to catch them? At night. Same thing you bullfrog. You just shine like, them with a spotlight and grab them.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Because that's one of the reasons I don't use them that much. It's like, well, I could go catch a dozen creek chubs in 20 minutes, or I could yeah, <laughs> like spend two hours trying to catch as many leopard frogs <laughs> as I can.
3: No, I just go to that that public pits yep. place yep. and spotlight them. Just like I would if I was gigging frogs for frog legs oh, mm-hmm. oh, and oh. just load
1: up a couple dozen. Yeah. Gotcha. That's bow
2: fishing frogs, man. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> bow fishing frogs? Oh,
1: you never bow frogs? No. Oh, that's awesome. I've only ever bow carp.
2: Yeah. Go bow fish. Uh, do some frogs, man. That's, get you a headlamp and go at it, man. You get a whole sack full. That's
4: oh, awesome. yeah. Yeah.
3: I take my kids out. They love it. Yeah. They love frog hunting. Yeah. We go out and,
1: you That's know, one thing I haven't had forever is frog legs. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's good eating there. Yeah.
4: It is.
3: Yeah. And, and just you might the have fun. Inspired of them. something. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A this early my, for that. <laughs> adding this to my turkey notes. That's usually one of the end of the year activities. Is I grab all the kids and we go out for a night and go frogging. And then we have frog legs the next day. Mm-hmm.
1: But fried frog legs and coleslaw and fried catfish.
2: And hush puppies. And hush yeah. puppies. Yeah.
1: Doesn't get more American than that. No. <laughs> At least Southern American, for sure. <laughs> I did not grow up eating frog legs and hush puppies, but I feel like a little bit of... did, yeah. Did you really? Yeah.
3: But my parents are quite a bit older than yours, too. That's true. So. You're just a pup.
1: I'm something. <laughs> I've
3: got socks older than you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you ever throw on a cast net, Dan? Uh, a long time ago. For bait? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: we used to do that on the river.
1: Oh, when you were growing up? Yeah. Yeah, like, cast nets were a thing? Yeah, a long time ago.
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, Back back in bedrock. Let me
1: me backtrack. Yeah, back (laughs) in bedrock. (laughs) Cast nets have always been a thing in coastal areas. Oh, we used to throw cast nets all the time. So I don't, because me growing up, I don't remember anybody ever throwing a cast net. And I remember, in fact, I read an In Fisherman article about cast nets, and I got a magazine called catfish connection that sold all catfishing things and i borrowed a check from my dad and paid him i did not (laughs) i paid my dad he wrote the check we mailed it in and i got my cast net and there were so many people who were looking at me throwing that thing like what the hell (laughs) are you doing yeah i'm catching bait and i'm paying for it right (laughs) right And that, that was kind of the thing. Like, nobody really threw a cast net in Iowa then. Well, this was but back Missouri, in Missouri. But yeah. Missouri must be a different deal. Well, is it
3: funny that people still look at you that
4: way? <laughs> it's not because I'm throwing a cast net, though. That's the difference.
1: It's mostly just my face. Yeah. yeah. I've been told I have a face for radio. Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> all my life. Yeah. Well, what I was getting at is, you ever catch anything weird in cast net? Um,
2: crawfish, bullfrogs, yeah. um, turtles, stuff like that.
1: See, I've never caught a turtle. We had a dude email in um, Garrett, and he dropped a couple good ones yeah. on the cast net. He caught a spoonbill in oh, the cast net. I, wow, where's that at? I'm assuming Missouri or no, somewhere no. somewhere south, yeah. you know. And then he also caught a snapping turtle. Yeah. Muscles?
2: I've caught mussels on them. Caught them.
1: those? Yeah. Well, on our trip, yeah, we were we we were night fishing until like midnight and weren't catching shit, and decided well, we need to go get more bait. So we were cast at until like 2.30 in the morning, and we got bait. Alcohol may have been involved. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story is we got bait. We did. But we caught a lamprey.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You ever seen one of them? I have not. I know what they are, but I haven't seen them up close. It was
1: the second one I've caught.
2: Yeah, they're they're a, they're a pretty nasty thing.
1: Right. Well, the, the one that I caught, I believe, I don't know what the one that we got this last go-round, but the... The first one I ever caught, which it's kind of like American that I caught it, because it's an endangered one. I believe it was a one of the chestnut lamprey species, yeah. but it was attached to a big head carp. Really? Yeah. It's like <laughs> endangered America fighting back. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: yeah. We need more of them to get rid of, man. The I mean, big heads, are, they're all over
1: place. Yeah. I think water quality is the thing with those, like the chestnut lampreys. They can't. They don't do that well in poor water conditions. Yeah. But there's, I don't know, there's a handful of different things that I've ran into in the last couple of years that, uh, because like, there are indicators of good water quality. And I've been pretty tickled to see them. I caught a mud puppy.
2: Yeah. Those are cool. Yeah.
1: yeah and it was the first one I've ever seen in Iowa, yeah. which they don't do well in polluted waters. So to see that yeah. thing was nice. And then um, I've seen quite a few up
3: in the Erie. When we go up in the Erie, we sure see quite a bit.
1: Different different land have you ever seen any in iowa i
3: haven't
1: no yeah. well there's
2: there's tons of lampreys in the great lakes
1: yeah yeah i, I suppose I've, you get them I on like ran into one, you never seen yeah. one on a Uh. Uh-uh. well the other one that other thing that i saw you know what a helgramite is i do yeah so the adult version the dobson fly mm-hmm. i had one of them fly right by my head and land in the grass right next to me at night when i was catfishing And I didn't know what the hell it was. And I shined a light on that thing. And I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. It's like a four or five inch long bug with giant pinchers on the front of it. And then I kind of scooped it up with a stick. It seemed like it was on its last leg. It probably had done its business and was dying. Yeah. But I just scooped it up with a stick and carried it away and then I got on the Google machine to figure out what I was looking <laughs> what at. What did I about die from? Right. <laughs> but but Helgramites don't do well in polluted water at all. Yeah. And yeah. to see that on that waterway was like, oh, sweet. And then I found a Helgramite when I was walleye fishing over by my house last summer. So I don't know. That's just yeah. nice little caveats, you know, to, to know that there's some decent water quality in Iowa. That's like the
3: salamanders tiger salamanders and stuff
1: when i was young they were everywhere in the eastern spotted salamanders i had three of yeah. them for pets growing up had bubba big bubba and bubba jr
3: like we used Berry. to go out you know my acreage is small but right. we used, we had a you know north fence line that was covered in trees and we'd always go out there and grab them i haven't seen one there for 40 years wow well, 30 years things probably.
1: change man that's the only thing that stays the same is nothing stays the same.
3: Yeah. Last one I found was actually in a well pit, which was.
1: But isn't that's where I find most of them because yeah. I think they walk by, or well pits. I'm thinking window wells. Oh. Because that's where we'd find a pile of them. They'd walk by, I'm assuming they're just walking around, and then they walk up over the edge and fall in the window well and can't get oh, out. Oh,
3: for like egress windows you are talking Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Kind of the same theory. Yeah. Yep.
1: There you go. So, last thing before we move on to the last cast. any? What's the craziest place you've been, Dan? Um, I don't know. Or what's a crazy place you've been? Um, Cuba. What were you doing
2: there? Uh, I was in the Navy. Uh, went to Guatambo uh, Bay.
1: Oh, I was imagining you hunting in Cuba. No, huh? no, I wasn't hunting there. Hunting? Can people hunt in Cuba? Yeah
2: uh they hunt things but
1: uh (laughs) but is is there is there like a travel hunt like a destination i have
2: no idea i was at the navy base out there i did some diving off of there it was sharky Uh really sharky out there um i don't know i think um you know colorado is pretty cool uh the up in north uh northwest canada it uh i mean you could be out there and Hear beavers slap in the water, you mm-hmm. know that pow, you know, you, you know. Have, Very familiar. Yeah, you know, <laughs> have, have bears, have bears climbing in your boat while you're in
3: the
4: stand.
1: Not familiar uh, well, with that, yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: you'll be sitting here and them chuck stuff around, and I mean, it, I've been pretty lucky to get to see a lot of stuff. So yeah, yeah.
3: that's my favorite part about being in the outdoors. You never really know what you're going to run across yeah. on a given day.
2: Uh, weirdest thing that probably ever happened to me was I was down in Florida with Shaw Grigsby. Uh, we were turkey hunting. Hmm. Shaw invited me to come down, and we were in a ground blind, and I was calling, and Shaw was filming for me. And all of a sudden we heard, ch And I looked over at Shaw. Jason Voorhees. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> I said, Do you hear, I, somebody, something's coming. He goes, yeah. And next thing I know, I hear the blind goes zzzz- and uh guy sticks his head through the blind what are y'all doing here and it's like we're turkey hunting shaw goes what are you doing here this is private property he goes well you don't have permission to be here and i'm sitting there going i'm in the middle of nowhere in florida <laughs> and i'm and, and all and back and forth for five minutes and shaw finally says uh the guy that owns this is 150 yards right over there and he's a deputy sheriff um if you want me to go get him i can get him and the guy goes no i'm i i believe you and he left, and about five minutes later, heard a shotgun shot. You know, blast. He just shot to scare the birds. Yeah, that was goofy. Uh, that but other true. than that, the, the bears. You know, having bears come in that close to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I I was up in um, um oh what the, twin twin uh, two harbors. I'm sorry, two harbors, Minnesota. And I was bear hunting one year, and I was in the middle of this old swamp, and I heard I heard someone. Whoosh, whoosh. And it sounded like an old, uh, you remember Star Wars when they had that Imperial Walker, those tank, those big camel looking tank things. It's what it sounded like. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And then about five minutes later, here come this moose. And I had a moose about 17 yards from me, which was really cool.
3: That is
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty neat. I couldn't imagine. I've
3: seen one that close, and I was in a car and I thought we were going to eat it. Yeah. I mean, huge. it just, yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah.
2: That's why I'm, I'm pretty jacked about going up to Alberta and trying to get one with my ball.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've only ever seen one, and it wasn't close, and it was still gigantic. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, if I get one, we're going to have moose burgers for a year. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Absolutely. That was, Hell yeah. yes. Yeah.
1: No, I have a turkey story um, in the same vein of the one that you brought up and that it reminded me of it. We It was me and two of my other buddies, and there was some birds out in this uh, bean field, and we were on the edge of the timber. And I have a buddy, one of my buddies was calling, and he's pretty good, And but the birds didn't seem to give a shit. <laughs> but he's calling, he's calling, um, off and on, whatever, and then we hear some something moving behind us. And we're like, oh, there's one coming in behind us. <laughs> And then it keeps coming, and I look over at my buddy. I'm like, does that sound like footsteps to you? And he goes, yeah, yeah, it does. So I creep my head around real slow, and I can see this guy walking with a fan in front of him, and he was hunting us. Had oh, he was
4: coming
1: to you your Jesus. calls. Yeah, yeah, we had decoys out, and we were calling, and he was hunting us, and I go, hey. And he just like almost jumped out of his shoes because he Jesus. didn't know we were there. Yeah, and that could have been a real sticky situation. Yeah. but he goes, "Do you know whose ground you're on?" I'm like, "Yeah, apparently you don't." <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I shouldn't have said that because maybe he did have permission, but yeah, we found out later on he did not. But he ended up being pretty easy about it. But it was could have could have been one of those. That's yeah, that's, situations. that's a very yeah. dangerous situation. Yeah. 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 Well, this is uh, the opportunity for the well opportunity. I use that term loosely. It's, <laughs> this is the only segment on here, and it's the last cast. And it's just a chance for you to either revisit or um, revisit something you talked about, or t- you know, bring up something that you ha- we haven't got to. Just whatever you want to end the podcast on.
2: Well, no, I just appreciate you guys inviting me to come out, and uh, you know, uh, appreciate everybody that's followed the show for the last 20, 20 years here in Iowa, and. Um, uh, you know, very fortunate to have everyone that's engaged as much as possible. And hopefully we get you guys, uh, maybe on this new, uh, new network we got going on the outdoor call radio. And, yeah. uh, it's, uh, we launched that about 11 weeks ago and it's been really going well. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have you guys, uh, part of the fishing on the fishing stuff. So I think river fishing people, they, there's a nostalgia to that because it, it goes back to generations. You know, yeah. and uh, you just don't hear enough people talking about it. Uh, I know the Mud Bum guys; uh, those guys uh, did some really cool things with bringing river fishing back into vogue. Um, and, but I think we need more of that because you know there's there's a good stretch of rivers throughout in pretty much every community, mm-hmm. and it's a very very inexpensive way for folks to get the kids get them out there yeah. to wet a line yeah. and just you know teach them you know teach them how to read a body of water or you know or you know teach them how to tie a polymer knot. um i i think more and more folks are getting back to that a little bit especially with this last two years with the pandemic oh absolutely you know right. it was yeah. the one thing people felt safe doing getting back out to hunting and fishing again so i think for what you guys are doing it's uh it's a pretty neat deal
1: well i mm-hmm. appreciate the kind words yeah, you're welcome
4: you owe All me right. a dollar
3: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably more than that but. yeah absolutely no, when we first started, and I don't even know if we got it because, you know, you started the tape late, but we were talking about your your kids' fishing tournaments, and that's something I'd always, I've always, that's going to be a goal of mine, to get something like that going. What's your favorite memory of a kids' fishing tournament?
2: Oh, just the kids coming up after the, you know, to see them out there learning how to cast. Uh, I teamed up with the Isaac Walton League and, uh, had a lot of good volunteers that would, you know, we're teaching kids out there how to tie, how to clean, how to, you know, how to, you know, just rig different things or put a slip bobber on, you know, people don't teach
1: that anymore. And it's and, not something that you just know. Right. You yes. Know? Yeah.
2: yeah. And, you know, like I said, I grew up fishing. So, I mean, that's, that's all I did. But, um, just to see the smile on those kids faces, you know, and, uh, you know, they get done fishing and they come up and. We gave all the kids a little, little like a little poker chip, and uh, they'd redeem that chip and they got whatever luck of the draw. I mean, they, whatever they, number was on it. We gave away yep. bicycles, rod and reels. I mean, you name it, we gave it away pretty much. But um, I'll always carry that with me, and uh, I feel really good about you know just knowing that we made a kid smile.
3: Yeah, you know. And like you said, with promoting the outdoors, there's no better way to do it. No, because that's going to be with them the next. Sixty, seventy years of their life, they're gonna right. remember that, and you know, especially times like this, they might fall back on that, and you know, that's their enjoyment. Yeah, and that's where it all started. So that's pretty cool.
1: So when are you gonna get that organized, right?
3: <laughs> I I had one organized. I was gonna do an ice fishing one, and I had like fifteen teams signed up, and the ice was junk that year, oh. and I I never revisited it. My son got older you know we we kind of ran out of time so but no that's that is one of my goals is during the winter i want to do an ice fishing one and then in the summer do a open water one
1: well sounds like something we can talk about while we're getting your computer set up
3: absolutely right a little river certified kids fest
1: or something that'd be a good time yeah i haven't taken a group of kids out since i was teaching yeah and I'm totally with you. Like their the kids eyes light up when yeah, they, yeah. when they get a nibble, you know, see a bobber go down. Just yeah, get a kick out of that. Yeah. My thing, uh, first big thanks coming on up here, being on the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's my honor. I appreciate it. Use that term loosely too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, little housekeeping things. If you want to help the podcast, leaving reviews on iTunes is big. Like that helps out a ton. Um, You can go get your badass pair of sunglasses, Waterland sunglasses, promo code RC15. If you suck at starting fires like I do, Bigfoot, Bushcraft, Firestarters are pretty badass, too. And uh, use promo code RC15 on those. And then the last one, I have not said this on a podcast yet. Dan doesn't even know about it, and he's sitting across from me. Ryan might. I think Ryan knows. I'm coming out with a couple fishing lures through the tackle company drastic plastic and there's a certified swimmer and the other one which is a split tail plastic hasn't even been named yet so we got to figure out the name before they get dropped they'll be dropped by this time there'll be links in the description you can go check those out they do catch limits of walleyes i can confirm that but um regardless you know i appreciate everyone taking time to listen means a ton hope you
0: catch giant Vote now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fishing action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.